Lockdown. Our daily podcast to keep you sane during the chaos. 21 days, 21 professionals. To get you through the COVID-19 lockdown. Hey, welcome back to day three of our podcast and day three of lockdown here in South Africa. We hope that everyone has been surviving so far and we're really glad that you have all decided to tune back in. My name is Kirsten Farquharson and this is my lovely colleague, Danielle Detoy. And today's guest is Bridget Vassello. It's so great to have you on our show today, Bridge. Thank you. Bridget is a counseling psychologist. She has been practicing for over 10 years. She has been working in private practice, in the police, in correctional services. She is absolutely incredible. And she also works a lot with, with couples. So we thought it would be helpful to have Bridget on the show today talking about couples and what that might look like during the lockdown. Hi, Bridge. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you. Thanks for having me. And I, I really like the fact that I can talk about couples during this lockdown period, because I think it's really important when people are so close and up in each other's faces to really get a few tips on what they can do to survive the lockdown. Absolutely. I mean, yesterday we had Janet speaking about families, but in the family, the main unit being the couple holding the family together. And even those couples without kids, can you speak to couples who are doing this lockdown with their partner on how to strengthen their relationship and how to survive this lockdown period? Okay, so some things that I think could be important is something called turning towards your partner. And basically, turning towards your partner means accepting your partner as your primary emotional anchor. How do you get the support that you need from the person who you've chosen to be with? So this is reaching out to your partner and accepting their bids for emotional connection. So when we respond to our partners with interest in small everyday activities, we build an emotional bank account that helps our relationship during rocky periods. For example, if you're sitting on the couch, your husband is busy or your partner's busy watching TV and you're reading a book and your husband may look out the window and say, oh, look, look at that airplane flying past or whatever. And you turn and you look and you may just go, hmm, it's similar to the one we saw the other day. That small bid for attention was responded to. That person turned towards their partner's bid for attention. Some people could just be quiet and go like, I don't care. I'm busy reading my book. So it's in those small everyday moments of when our partners say something or speak about a need which they may have and you respond to that, that means that you're turning towards your partner. So you are accepting their bid for attention. And through that, you build up those positive emotional bank accounts. It's a choice. It's intentional. You're intentionally paying attention to your partner. Sounds so easy, but I imagine easier said than done. What are some of the challenges that stand in the way of being effective with this? So what they found is there's two obstacles to turning towards your partner. And one of them could be that you miss your bid completely because it may be wrapped up in some sort of negative emotion or anger. It may come out as if you're being critical of your partner, which scrambles the signal. Your partner doesn't really understand what your need is. So for example, your bid could be, please, can you come to bed with me now? And you may say it as, are you busy with your emails again? You've had the whole night. So what you're actually asking your partner for is to say, you know, I really want to spend time with you. I want you to come to bed with me, but 
it's so scrambled up in the criticism that your partner then responds defensively and they don't know how to take that need that you're asking for. That's one way that things get a bit mixed up. So a practical thing to do is to try and acknowledge or recognize what that need is. What is the bid? What, the, what is your partner actually asking for? Take a deep breath and respond in a way that's not defensive or try and practice softening your startup, like softening how you ask for the things that you need. So that's the one. The second one is being distracted by the wired world, they call it. So like the internet and technology. Sometimes we just miss our partner's bits because we're so distracted. And that doesn't help with intimacy because relationships really need a person to pay attention. So we need to be present and we need to pay attention. And it may not be an intentional thing. It may just be that we are distracted and so we completely miss the bid. Are there specific ways in which couples can do this? Uh, ways that people can do this would be uh, reunite at the end of each day and talk about how your day went or cook dinner together, or watch the news together, or read together, or listen to music together, or help each other with self-improvement projects. Anything where you're doing things together and you're really noticing and you're present, it helps one not be so distracted towards the bids. Practicing activities which fill up your bank account uh, would be, so one of the things which is suggested is actually even documenting the times that your partner turns towards you or notices you or responds to your bids. And this would be to really notice how often they do this. So not to sort of start some sort of competition or say like, I do this all the time and you don't, because that would then defeat the purpose. But it would really be to try and say, okay, you know, my partner does respond to me a lot more than what I give them credit for. Or perhaps, or perhaps this is an area which we need to sit down and talk about and we can come up with other solutions within our relationship. It's not for picking fights. Bridge, I think that's going to be incredibly useful during this time and not even during this time, after the time as well. I'm just also thinking around during this time, people are going to be quite stressed and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on managing that stress in a relationship during the lockdown. So there's something called a stress-reducing conversation. What I spoke about now with filling up your emotional bank account, one of the easiest ways to do that is to reunite at the end of the day and talk about how your day went. Now, these discussions are vital to help reduce your stress in your relationship because your relationship can be used as the buffer to external stresses. So what you're doing is you're inviting your partner in, you're using them as your connection, the people that you trust, and they're your ally, basically. These conversations are about external stresses outside of your relationship, things that have upset you. This can be quite difficult sometimes because maybe your partner might speak about something where you actually think their um, stressor could be correct. So let me give you an example. So perhaps the wife comes home and speaks to her husband and says, my boss was on me and shouted at me in front of everybody for being late again. Now, the husband might go, oh, my word, she's late all the time. This is not the right time to point that out. You need to be on your partner's side. You could validate your partner's emotions by saying, I can really see how it would upset you that he called you out in front of everybody. Or that must have been really tough to deal with. Not the right time to say, yeah, but we know that you're late for everything all the time. So obviously your boss was eventually going to. So this is also not a time to problem solve. Do not go in and try and 
solve your partner's problems. Don't try and say, oh yes, okay, why don't you try and do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? Because problem solving in effect just tells your partner that you don't think that they're capable of resolving their own problems. So people feel as if like, don't you think I've already done that? Am I not smart enough? Or do you think that I haven't thought about all my options? So don't problem solve, just be there for your partner, provide affection, provide support, and most importantly, be your partner's ally. Because if you have that, you build trust, you build connection, and your relationship is your safe space. There are a few skills which need to be used here, and one of them would be active listening. So really listening to what your partner has to say, which requires empathy and with no judgment. So practically, you could each spend 10, 15 minutes uh, talking to the other person about how your day went and what your stresses are. And once you do that, you really listen empathically. And that's quite a difficult thing to do. And try and avoid why questions, because people love to say, why did you do that? Or why did you do it this way? And why questions tend to evoke a defensive response. So people automatically feel as though they're on the back foot and that the partner is no longer their ally. And then take turns to talk, show genuine interest and validate each other. So that's validate your partner's emotions. So that's your buffer when things are difficult. Through the stressful times, your relationship is what carries you through. That is so helpful, Bridget. Thank you so, so much. And I think because this time is so stressful, that advice is really going to stick with a lot of people. And I think that's going to be something that's going to be very useful for a number of people. So you're mentioning a lot of practical strategies, Bridge, and I'm just wondering, are there any other sort of helpful tips or practical strategies that you have that people can use? Yes, so one of the things that I always ask clients in our therapy process is, are they friends with each other? Do they even like their partner? Would they consider the partner their best friend? And I think sometimes people don't know how to answer that. And sometimes people say, yes, of course, there's my best friend, etc. There's a really cool app. You can search Gottman card decks. So it's like a deck of cards. And it has these really cool things where they call them love maps. How well do you know your partner? And it's sort of games and things which you can do where you can answer questions for your partner or on your own behalf. And it's really just about learning new things about your partner. It's about updating your love map. It's not again about going, oh my God, I didn't know, I didn't realize you didn't know that about me. We've been together for 10 years and you don't know that. That again defeats the purpose. It's more about saying, wow, okay, I, I didn't realize that was as important to you as what, um, was what it is. So now I do know or learning new things about your partner. So that's one thing people could use. So if you're stuck at home and you don't have anything to do and you're just staring at each other, download the app, play some of these games every now and again and get to know each other a little bit better. Another thing would be, again, turn towards your partner's bids for attention, affection and support. So find out what that is and try turning, practice it. Again, it's intentional. It's a choice. Have these stress reducing conversations to build trust and connection with your partner. Again, because you're talking about external things. You're not talking about things that are problems in your relationship. Try and continue a date night at home. So find ways of making special times and moments in your relationship at home, maybe when the kids go to bed, whatever it may be, just times where you can have these really good conversations. Another really cool thing is a fondness and admiration exercises. If you Google Gottman fondness and admiration exercise, there's actually a seven-week course on a PDF which you could download. And it's things which you could do to really try and build up that positive bank account and what are the cool 
things that your partner does for you? How do you admire them? Um, what are the things that you really like about them? So it's a really nice thing to do. And lastly, I would suggest looking at creating shared meaning. So creating shared meaning is sort of like a spiritual dimension for your relationship, where it's about what is your the inner life of your relationship look like? What are the myths you tell in your family? What are the rituals you perform? What are the symbols you have? What is your family's culture? So a really silly one is my husband and I have been trying to come up with our really dorky <laughs> secret handshake for years. And we always tend to do the same stupid donkey secret handshake, but we haven't like, it's not like a real one, but one day <laughs> we will actually have a real one and then we'll share it with our daughter and we can all have this donkey secret handshake. But it's things like that. Like, how do you celebrate birthdays? How do you do Christmas? What are the stories you tell each other? What does it look like in your relationship? What are things from your childhood which you wanted more, what you want more of in your family? And what are things from your childhood which perhaps you didn't want in your home? Or what are things which you would like to have which you guys can come up with as a family? So creating shared meaning is just the idea of what does our family look like? What is our family culture? And that could be quite fun to do during this time as well. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's so much time. We do have the time to actually have those difficult conversations. If the conversation gets too difficult, Bridget, what do you recommend that people do to end a conflicting argument? I think one of the biggest things to do is we, we teach that in, in couples therapy is recognize when you're becoming physiologically flooded so when that fight, flight, freeze response starts to kick in, so you have, it's a quite a mindful thing. You need to start to recognize when your body is starting to react. Are you starting to feel tingly? Is your blood starting to pump? Are you starting to notice that you're getting really angry or you become really emotional? And if that's the case, take a minute, step back, say, so we talk about a safe word in terms of conflict where you say, okay, I can't talk about this anymore because I'm becoming too angry. And then you agree, whatever that may be. Some people don't like the word stop or it might trigger them in other ways. So you come up with a shared safe word as it may be. And you separate for about 20 minutes. You go and you self-soothe. You do something which you enjoy doing. You try to calm down. So you try and do anything which good. Just look after yourself and try not to stew as much and just take a few breaths and try and see things from your partner's perspective and come back and have that conversation at a different time. Perhaps even that same day is not the right time. People may still be too emotional that day. Sleep on it, but you, you're agreeing before it becomes too hectic that you're going to take a break and you'll come back and readdress it. So I think it's more about before things escalate, recognizing that they could potentially escalate and what can you do to step in before that moment, before the shouting begins, before the slabbing doors, before all that sort of stuff. Take a breath, take some time for yourself. I think that's gonna be so helpful in creating a safe space in people's homes, especially you know with kids around and things like that. So if people are really regulating themselves well and preventing those screaming matches, I think that's really, really gonna be helpful. I think people need to be realistic as well and know that they're more than likely going to irritate each other and frustrate each other. So if you sort of know that, what do you do beforehand to sort of come up with these buffers? Yeah. How do you sort of put that into place before? So that your partner's on your side. And again, your partner's your ally. They know. So I always say to my couples, help each other win. You don't want to see your partner fail. You don't want to see that this is now going to escalate and it's going to become bad. How are you helping each other win? So if I need a break now, 
I'm asking you to help me with that. And you're going to help me with that because we love each other and you don't want to see me freak out and I don't want to see you freak out. So let's help each other through this. Thank you so much, Bridge, for all your incredible advice and just helpful coping mechanisms. I think it's a really beautiful platform for people to have and to hold on to, not only during this time, but afterwards as well. Just building solid relationships, using the, the coping mechanisms that you've spoken about. I know Kirsten, I really respect your you. therapeutic work. And I also know that so Bridge has recently closed up her private practice. She is moving to New Zealand to do some work in the correctional services there. But at the moment, she's offering online sessions, especially for people that are needing support, not only couples, but individuals as well. So if you're wanting to get in touch with her, you can contact her on bridgewesello at gmail.com. That's B-R-I-D-G-E-W-E-S-S-E-L-O at gmail.com. Yes, thank you. Can I just say that I am so impressed by the wealth of knowledge in our community that I am learning so much from this lockdown period and it's only day three you guys are awesome for putting it all together i can't wait to listen to all of the other people who you have on and it's i think it's really 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 helpful so thank you speaking of speaking of other people who do we have up tomorrow danny we have the incredible emily rotenbach she is a physiotherapist she is going to be sharing some tips on mobility and exercises during this time to keep your body moving, to keep your body healthy. So while we move away from fitness of the mind, we can get towards fitness of the body. That is fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that, actually. Thank you so much, Bridget. And thank you all for listening. Thanks, guys. So that's it for us. We will see you next time on How to Mental Health Lockdown Edition. Stay sane, everybody. We'll check in later. See you soon.